All right. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. It's uh, Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022. We're coming to you live at 6.33 this morning. We're going to continue our study with the Holy Spirit. I got a lot of good things I think to share with you this morning that will get us set up to see more of the Holy Spirit in the next sessions in the New Testament. So let's pray. We welcome all of you wherever you're watching from, wherever you may watch this delayed broadcast or listen to it on podcast. Uh, we're thankful for those of you who love the Scripture, love God's Word, love the truth. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the text. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you most of all for sending your Son and for giving us the Holy Spirit. We are indebted to you in our lives. Every single thing we have has come from you. The Bible teaches us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, And that's you, God. And we honor you and we praise you. We thank you for your plan. Even in the times when we don't fully understand it, we know that you have a plan and expected end for the nations, for the world, for us, for our lives and our families. We know you're perfect. We know you cannot do any wrong. And we know that we can surrender our lives to you because you have our best interests in mind. It's not your will that any would perish, but that all would come under repentance, Lord. And we just pray that we could see the beauty of your love and your plan unfolding in our lives and in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to take you to the board first. I wrote some things up here on the board. Um, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. So we're looking at the procession of the Holy Spirit. If we go back to Genesis, and we've covered all these scriptures, but if we go back to Genesis, creation, the plural form of God is used there. Of course, we can find confirmation of that in Proverbs and other places as well. That the Holy Spirit was here, was around, however you want to say that, before the world was created. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is... I'm going to go back to this reference again. You've got Abraham, Isaac, and Eleazar. Abraham is the father, Isaac is the son, and Eleazar is the servant uh, who was the master of Abraham's house, basically, under the authority of Abraham had charge. So Abraham sent Eleazar out to secure a bride for his son Isaac, and Eleazar also took gifts and provision for the lady who was going to be chosen to be Isaac's bride, whom we know later as Rebecca. And so she is chosen to be Isaac's bride, ordained by the father, Abraham, and Abraham sent Eleazar out to secure that and to bring gifts and provision. So if you can see that parallel, beautiful picture and type in the Old Testament that Abraham and Isaac and Eleazar are like a picture of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God has sent the Holy Spirit in his fullness, and we're going to get to that today, beginnings of that, 
to secure a bride. That's his number one objective, is to secure a bride for the son. That is the desire of the father, is to bring to Jesus a bride, a group of people who will be his bride. And the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that has come to secure that bride. He secures that bride by bringing the realness and the fullness of who God is. The Holy Spirit is not apart from God. In other words, the Holy Spirit don't do things that the Father himself doesn't do or doesn't unction to do. So the Holy Spirit was before the world was formed. Then in Acts 28 and 25, Isaiah talks about how the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets. So the Holy Spirit, for those people, and I probably myself grew up around some of this, for those people that say the Holy Spirit didn't come until Pentecost, they're wrong. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. The Holy Spirit was here before he was part of creation. The Holy Spirit used the prophets. Actually, Paul states that, and I've got the scripture here that we've used already in these sessions in Acts 28 and 25. The Holy Spirit was using the prophets. He was speaking through the prophets. Then when we come to uh, Jesus' day, so the Holy Spirit's been around. He's been around. His application has changed, or should we say has increased, but he's always been around. Uh, the Holy Spirit was here before the world, and he didn't just sit in heaven over in a corner somewhere waiting for the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's always been active. He's always been working. He's part of the Godhead. And so he's always been active and working in the world, world the universe, and all of God's plan. When we get to Jesus and John, and we've covered this passage too, 14 and 17, the Bible says, Jesus talks to his followers and he says, the Holy Spirit whom you know, he said they, they knew him. So the Holy Spirit was around the New Testament before Pentecost. John's, the, uh, one of the Gospels says Jesus came back filled with the Holy Spirit after he came out of the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit's been around. The Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in his mother's womb, and Jesus had just been uh, planted in the womb of Mary. So the seed of the, the Father had been planted in Mary when Elizabeth met Mary. The Bible says John the Baptist leaped in the womb, was filled with the Spirit. Now, you, now I, I wish that would happen to all of us, right? I mean, you're talking about a distinct advantage when you are born filled with the Holy Spirit. And you've got to get God out of a box. He don't live in our box. He does things his own way. But what the thing I'm trying to emphasize is the Holy Spirit's always been around. He's always been active. But his, he's changing his application and his availability. All right? So as his availability comes, we're going to get to Acts chapter 1 and 2. And, and, but first, in Acts chapter 1, let me, let me go back to John. I didn't finish that, that particular uh, scripture. In John 14 and 17, Jesus said they knew the Holy Spirit, and he said this to his disciples. He said, he is with you, and he shall be in you. 
So that, that is a change, right? I mean, that is a different application between uh, the New Testament Gospels, the beginnings and the time of Christ. The Holy Spirit was here. He had certainly was filled Jesus and had filled John the Baptist. But with his disciples, he said, He is with you and he shall be in you. So there's where the difference comes in from the times of the gospel to Pentecost. Now, in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to go read this, and then we'll come back and, and kind of tie all these back together one more time. In Acts chapter 1, verse 2, we're going to get into Acts chapter 1 in just a moment. Acts chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Until the day in which he was taken up, and he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments... Whom he had chosen. So the Holy Spirit uh, was working through Jesus, giving the truth out, commandments, whatever. So the Holy Spirit uh, has always been here. Now, what, what I've noticed with people who grow up in certain denominations, they don't, they don't discover the Holy Spirit. I mean, because he's, the Holy Spirit's not taught in His fullness in many churches in our world today. But the Holy Spirit is actually the agent that's getting everything done, whether the church recognizes it or not. And it's probably true. There are a lot of churches that the Lord's not getting nothing done in. But, but I'm just saying, if there's anything eternal getting done, it's being done by the Holy Spirit. It's not being done by us. It's not being done by some great church or some great denomination or some people who have great intellect. I don't really know any of those people. <laughs> but... But if, uh, if we look at this, the Holy Spirit was here before the world was formed. He was here in creation. Paul said he was used the prophets, so the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament. And now, now, shame on both sides, because the people who it did embrace the Holy Spirit, they act like he never showed up until Pentecost. They, they, miss, they don't understand. So that's why I'm going through this, and I want to make this as clear today as I can. The Holy Spirit was here before the world was formed, during creation, obviously. He was working in the Old Testament. The Bible talks about the Spirit resting on Samson even, right? And, of course, Paul, and I'm using this verse because he confirms that the Holy Spirit was at work with Acts 28 and 25 in, in the Old Testament. Then the New Testament, these verses, John 14 and 17... Jesus tells his followers, he says, you know the Holy Spirit. So he said, you, you know him and that he's with you. So they understood that and he shall be in you. Now that's the change, right? That's what happened. Now there was a difference. Pentecost was a difference. But now we've got two camps and God never intended for his people to be divided. You've got people who act like you don't have the Holy Spirit if you don't have their experience. And they act like the Holy Spirit didn't even show up till uh, in the book of Acts. And then you got the people that are either afraid of the Holy Spirit or don't understand the Holy Spirit. And so they don't even acknowledge, basically, the Holy Spirit. And that's sad because that's the way the enemy wants it. He wants us, he wants the Holy Spirit not viewed properly. And then he wants us divided. That's how, that's how the devil works. He divides and conquers. So the Holy Spirit is with you, he shall be in you. So the Holy Spirit was at work in the New Testament. And then I just read Acts 1 and 2 where he said 
that Jesus gave commandments to his followers by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is all of that. He's doing. And then finally, Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit is given in a what we would call a new dispensation. All right. He, he comes in a new dispensation. And I, I've described this in a shallow way by saying if a, little, a young lady, a young girl goes somewhere once or twice a week and gets to use someone's bicycle to, and she just, you know, she looks forward to that every week. And then one day she goes to use the bicycle and get enjoyment out of it. Uh, or maybe even use it for, uh, uh, to go get groceries for the family. I don't know. But she has access to this bicycle occasionally. Uh, and then one day she goes to use the bicycle and the owner says, you can have it and take it home with you. I mean, that's a whole different. So that's basically what's happening here on, on Pentecost. And that's what Jesus is getting his followers ready for. He's saying the Holy Spirit is with you, but he's going to be in you. There's the new dispensation. And as we see this unfold, then you see, like I said earlier, you see this through Abraham, Isaac, and Eleazar. Abraham the father has the son. Eleazar sent to secure the bride. He gives her gifts, provision, all of that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So is the church missing out by not embracing the Holy Spirit? Yes. You're missing out on much of what God plans to do in the New Testament in this dispensation. Has the Holy Spirit been misrepresented? Sure he has, just like everything else in the Bible has been misrepresented. You've probably been misrepresented. We've all been misrepresented. But no, it's not as costly when we're misrepresented as it is when the Holy Spirit is. And, and for Christians who've had uh, an experience of maybe being filled with the Spirit in a different way than others, to look down on others, all that stuff's not God's plan. So... What we want to see is the beauty of the Holy Spirit, recognize His realness, His power, and His authority, and recognize that the Holy Spirit has always been around and involved in God's plan, but there was a difference after Pentecost. Basically, instead of borrowing the bicycle occasionally, we got to take it home and use it anytime we wanted to. And that's, that's a shallow way to, for me to explain it, but... I'm human, so that's about as good as I can do. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. We'll few, go through a few verses here, uh, and then we'll uh, wind up. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, uh, of all Jesus began to do and to teach. So Luke's basically responsible for most of Acts. The Holy Spirit uses Luke, who wrote also the Gospel of Luke. And, and uh, Theophilus is some guy of great stature, uh, there's some debate on who he was, but he had some authority, they know, maybe a prominent Jew, kind of like Cornelius was, uh, later on we read about. And his name means favor with God. So he's got favor with God. He loves the Lord. So he, and here's what he says. He says, uh, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So the former account he's talking about is Luke when he wrote the gospel. And now he's writing the book of Acts, or the Holy Spirit's using him to pin it down. Now, in that context, a lot, of, a lot of your Bibles will have a heading, and it will say the Acts of the Apostles. But that's probably a shallow way of looking at it. It's the Acts 
acts of the Holy Spirit. It's really the Holy Spirit using people. So these are his actions. Uh, we don't have any power of our own. We can't heal anybody, save anybody. But God works through us with the Holy Spirit, and those things are accomplished. So he says, until the day which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit, he had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40, day, during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he was still teaching and preaching to his followers after his resurrection. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. And, of course, this was all illustrated in the Gospels, uh, especially in John 14 and 17. He says uh, that John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the difference now, the new dispensation comes and what Jesus is calling it is the baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you'll, we'll see later on in Acts 19 when uh, he runs into some people, Paul does, and he talks to them about the Holy Spirit. And they're like a lot of people in our culture today. Uh, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we ain't even heard about the Holy Spirit. And I've run into people like that, right? Now, let's get, let's get this, and I've tried to help us with this over the years, but let's get this word baptism out of the water, pun intended. Uh, baptism does not mean water, but because we're so used to uh, baptisms and water baptisms, we just automatically think water. But let me show you something. I'm going to give you an English lesson here. Uh, look at the difference between these two words. They're not, they don't even sound the same, right? <laughs> water is spelled W-A-T-E-R. Baptism is spelled B-A-P-T-I-S-M. Did I spell that right? I hope. So, water does not equal baptism. The word baptism means to be immersed or consumed, right? So, and I use this another shallow illustration, but I, basically you could take an Oreo and baptize it in milk. And some of you have done that. And you could use the word baptizio is the Greek word. You could use that word, and that would be a correct way to use it. I am going, you could say, you sit around the table with people and you're getting ready to eat cookies and milk. You could say, I'm getting ready to baptize my cookie and my milk. That would be a correct, because that is not a religious word, right? It's not a religious word. Now, it, the world has given it to us. They, they stay away from it because it has become so synonymous and connected with the church with the body of Christ but baptism just simply means to be immersed or consumed with so what the dispensation that's getting ready to happen when Pentecost comes and has happened obviously but is that Jesus is saying you no longer are just going to have the Holy Spirit with you the paraclete and we went through a lot of that but now he's going to be in you and he wants to consume you he wants to immerse you. The Jewish New Testament in one of the Gospels, I forget which Gospel it was, where Jesus says, go baptizing them in the, in the one of the Jewish New Testament says, in the, in the reality of the Holy Spirit. That he wanted us to know 
the reality of the Holy Spirit. So, so what Jesus is talking about, and I, I, I'll get into this probably in the next week or two, <clears throat> there are a lot of people would say there are a lot of baptisms in the New Testament, <clears throat> but there are three main baptisms that stick out. I think I brought this up once. is baptism with water, baptism with the Holy Spirit, and baptism of fire or tribulations. We're all, we're all going to experience, or it's God's desire that we all experience all three of those. So, so try to not, when you hear the word baptize, don't just automatically think water, because Jesus uses that term, right? He said, and it, the, the water was not the main thrust here when even John was doing it. John was saying, hey, before he would baptize somebody, he would say, show me some fruit that you've repented. In other words, you can't just come and get in the water. <laughs> you got to have a change, right? And that's what the Lord does. He changes our heart. And so he says, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So please understand, the Holy Spirit's already here working, but they're going to get immersed in him. That's what happens on the day of Pentecost. So I don't want to get too far ahead because I really think everybody needs to soak this right here in so that when you're talking to somebody else about the Holy Spirit, when you see the Holy Spirit working, and if he, and he does a lot of things, just like uh, I've given prophetic words that I've got uh, to this body. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. I don't have that kind of knowledge, you know, with the things that, that, that he's given us in the last two years. So... When the Holy Spirit, He can take us further and deeper, certainly, than we'll ever go on our own. So we, got, we need all, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to secure bride, and once He secures us, then His job is to conquer us. Because we give the Lord fits, right? <laughs> we give Him fits. Some days we wake up. Uh, and we got the wire brush scrubbing the devil's hide and dumping salt in it. And some days the devil got the wire brush scrubbing our hide, dumping salt in it. I mean, that's the battle that we face, right? So the, Jesus is talking about being immersed into the Holy Spirit. And the reason I brought up the Jewish New Testament, I'll probably have that verse next week. Uh, it talks about being baptized in the reality of the Holy Spirit. So then he says, therefore they had come together and they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time... Restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So now there's another part of this dispensation that shows us that these guys are going to have power that they would not have. Now, this, this has to be seen. These, Jesus is telling you, got, and the word's dunamis there, and most of us know what's where we get the word dynamite, explosive power, he says, after you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there is a difference. There's a distinction here. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we're, what you know, I've argued with, uh, argue is probably not the right word, but I've debated and contended that the Holy Spirit's always been around. I don't even like to hear people talk like that. Well, the Holy Spirit finally came up. No, the Holy Spirit's always been around. But there is a difference when Pentecost came. Something changed. The Holy Spirit is now more available to us. He's in us, desires to fill us, 
consume us, that's got to change. That, that has to change us, right? I mean, the more the Holy Spirit gains control of Matthew Robbins, the better off Matthew Robbins is and the church that I am shepherding. and my Everybody's better off the more I get filled with the Spirit, right? And starting with me, right? And so that there is a difference. We don't want to argue that. The, uh, the, but you people that act like the Holy Spirit didn't come and act like somebody's less of a citizen because they didn't have the same experience you do, you need to quit that. That's not God's will. You need to quit that. And you need to study your Bible and learn that the Holy Spirit's always been around. He has a new dispensation starting with Pentecost. But you, you, can't, you can't... That's why you've, a lot of you have turned people off to the Holy Spirit. Just to be really. And then and we'll get into this later as we talk about the power and the gifts and the manifestations. A lot of people do crazy stuff in the name of the Holy Spirit, and it turns everybody off. And so that, that, that the Holy Spirit's real, and His manifestations are real, and His gifts are real. His power is real. His but, but we don't want to turn people off to the Lord. We want to lead them in. And then He says, It is not for you to know the season time. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses uh, to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. So that his focus there is not a trophy. We don't get a trophy and think we're better than everybody else because we have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Maybe someone else doesn't. But what happens here is he's challenged us. It comes right back down to dying. I mean, that's what the whole new te- the whole gospel is about. The Jesus is the, trying to teach us to die to ourselves so he can have full run of our lives. That's basically what he's saying here. There's going to be power coming. He says the power will come that you shall, and you shall be witnesses or martyrs is the, is the same word that's used for martyrs. So Jesus is saying, I'm bringing the Holy Spirit basically into your life so he can conquer you so I can use you to the fullest. And that's still the problem he has with all of us, right? We, get, we, we, get, we don't let him conquer us. So he wants to conquer every part of us, our mind, our will, our emotions, our tongue, our flesh, all of that. He wants to, the Holy Spirit wants control of all of that. And some days he has control of that, and some days he don't. It's not his fault, though. It's because we don't submit. So just the, take these things today. Think about these things. Uh, copy these things down if you like. Uh, we're thankful for all you guys that joined us this morning live. And for those of you who are going to get the podcast or the uh, watch the, the YouTube um, rendering of this, God bless you. We'll see you next time.